Hey, I'm Sam Helt. And I'm Julia Meinwald. And you're listening to the very first episode of the 29-Hour Podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking out this thing we're making. We hope you like it. This week we talked to actress, songwriter, and tiny hat aficionado Emily Walton. Here she is. But then it's just a stupid thing where I, and I kept telling him, I kept getting auditions, which is wonderful. But I'm telling you, the first audition I had during that workshop was the first audition I had had in three in three months. Yeah. And then suddenly there were a bunch, and he was like, "You're in demand." I was like, "I'm not. I'm telling you, I've had two and a half months of so little to do that it would blow your freaking mind." Isn't it insane how that happens? Because yes. the week that um, we went out to San Diego to do the Can workshop of Loneliest Girl in the World, remind me when that was again. Sorry, October. Okay. That same week, I had to turn down five other things. Five? And like literally the month leading up, I had nothing, nothing going on and coming like I was telling myself like, well, this means that like, you know, I'm in demand and like, you know, it'll keep rolling in when I get back and like nothing. I did one other project through the end of the year. We felt so bad. Uh, no, it was we and like honestly, know. like it's exactly what I wanted to be doing. Of course. It has nothing to do with um like picking one or the no. over the other it's just that they all happen at once and like it, it, it it's i think it's just like um for for people who have more going on i think it's just like sort of like a part of the business for, but yeah. for me where i have these long dry spells it's just so devastating because mm-hmm. i know that like i could do like in the amount of time that i have i could do all of the projects i'm mm-hmm. being asked to do it's just that i have to be in the same place at the exact same time but and if they had been spread out in a slightly different way i could have done perfect. them all i know yeah and some of it i feel like was like comical it was like yeah. i'll be 45 minutes late but like those were the crucial 45 oh minutes gosh. and the whole thing wouldn't work yeah that's yeah. not fair i mean it is the stupid saying when it rains it pours yeah but why is but that? why is that <laughs> i don't understand because i feel the same way i mean like especially i know that toward the end of the year things do slow down i harry and i talk about this all the time and we have for years and years that like actors always talk about busy a busy season uh-huh. and he and i are always like yeah totally busy season like, <laughs> when is this busy yeah. season yeah <laughs> i feel like my busy season is just whenever i'm busy that that is and, and is that and a season could, can we that count that as a season season could come once every 3 years <laughs> <laughs> well, global warming you know it's you can't predict yeah no, el nino I, I wish <laughs> el nino baby <laughs> but like yeah it's i it's very frustrating and it also just it's not conducive to feeling good about the thing that you are doing like yeah you feel like you can't invest fully or at least i feel like i can't invest fully in the thing that i am working on because yeah. i'm thinking about the million other things yeah especially in this you world mean of when development you have more than one yeah thing going on at a time yeah especially in this world where it's we're developing shows and so we're doing sort of like um it's a pipeline of 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 the same project mm-hmm. and when you miss one step along the way it feels like more like oh shit am i not along for this ride anymore yeah. have i have I hindered myself yeah, in that process? Like, if I'm not available for like this week, will I? Will they not ask me to do the next one? Right. And oftentimes, I mean, in my experience, they won't. Like I've had a f- yeah. few where I have not been asked to do, like hadn't, wasn't around to do the second one and then didn't get asked to do the third. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, okay, yeah. I guess that. But I don't know. I, it actually was a good, it was a good test th- these past few weeks that I had because because I came out of a time that was so terribly unbusy, I was like, okay, let's see how I... 
because also side note i started taking lexapro right around my birthday uh-huh. and like i wanted to see, i'm just generally trying to assess how of course how it's affecting me and making things easier or different for me yeah and so being sort of in the thick of this really busy time i did have far less anxiety than i expected myself to have huh. which was it just it just made it easier to bounce around from place to place and audition to audition which is so so rare and yeah. be like okay i i have my wits about me i can sort of i don't know yeah it's because you have for my experiences it's because i have less time to overthink there to get in my head about that's true. about all of the worries that I always am constantly thinking of. But if yes. I'm busy and bouncing from project to project, I feel like I have exactly enough time to do all of the things I'm doing, but just like no more room to like second guess. Yeah. yeah. When you're working, I often find that when I'm working, my I have my best auditions. Like when you go mm-hmm. to an audition, uh-huh. when you pop over during your lunch break yeah. or something, yeah. you're like, I actually have to get back to rehearsal. So I, you know, you just yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's so just, yeah, it's just a, it. I've I've felt that too. I I I don't know exactly what it is, but it just feels like um, you're coming from a different mindset a little bit. You you already sort of feel like, well, this place that I'm just coming from, they they wanted me, so maybe yeah. you guys want me too. It's nice when you feel like there are people who, um, are like co-signing on your talent. Yeah. At a given point. Yeah, you're talking about cosign like math, right? Cosign. Exactly. <laughs> I yeah. love. I want to talk about math. <laughs> sine cosine really tangent is that right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah secant cosecant cotangent don't, don't know about that i remember those vaguely i was I uh <laughs> you know i was a math vaguely. minor in college no you weren't i thought yeah, that's why you were up when Wait, i when I, f- I got to school i thought i was going to double major in math and hispanic studies oh. Wait, i think you must have told me this at some point. yeah probably somewhere along the way but then i like hit a plateau of math and i and it was but w- it was right wow. when i completed a minor so i was like great here's a minor a math and then minor yeah, and then I like did not finish the Hispanic Studies department. I took two classes in that department, and then I was called back to theater. Called mm-hmm. back, the clarion yeah. call. Wait mm-hmm. a second. Do you think about math? Like, is it a part of your life in a big way at all? No. Okay. I mean, I think, uh, like, honestly, for me, the most that it like has to do with my current career is like learning music. Yeah. Because um, yeah. rhythm and patterns, like those, those were the things that I liked the most about math was like patterns and numbers and yeah. um, breaking things down in that way. And so I feel like it translates really well into learning music and learning that music quickly. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Should we start asking Emily some questions? Yeah. You know yeah, what questions? I really want to know, Emily? What? I'm obsessed with your social media. Oh, God. All, all of the videos you post. Well, Sam. What? Okay, no, fine, no, nothing. There's gonna be. I think what? there's probably gonna be a lot of compliments tonight. So I if you're feeling uncomfortable, should just I just like, leave? <laughs> no, just like lean into it. Lean into, lean the, into mic? the discomfort. Mm. Okay. And the mic. If you if you compliment me and then like, hey, listeners at home, here in silence, they'll know why. <laughs> it's because I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> but I I'll try to say thank you. I I'm just I'm curious if you see that as like a part of your career or is it just a completely separate thing or is it like a parallel thing? Cause you know, you hear a lot about like yeah. social media being an important part of um, actors yeah. um, careers. Well, I guess to answer your question, I do not see it as part of my career at all, No. but I, but then I have moments where I realize, Oh, people who, who are playing a part in my career, like a casting director or a director or a writer, could easily seek me out on social media and be like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on here? <laughs> and my friend Daniel Zajic, who 
who is a good friend of mine and a writer and all that. Oh, we are going to yeah, talk we're, about him. Oh, we are? List. Oh, good. He, <laughs> he is so... I feel like he sort of is like is the big brother presence in my not like the not big brother but he is like a brotherly figure <laughs> in my life. He's always watching me. Um and he just kind of he'll text me immediately if I post something on social media that in his mind is like has gone too far. Oh, oh wow. wow. But but it's And do you listen and like take it down? I have on occasion, uh-huh. but it's usually all in good fun and I know that he likes he supports the randomness of my social media presence. But what I've recently come to, not discover, but to feel about it is that for a long time, I think I was feeling like so much of what I post, what I choose to post is intended to be funny or, you know, is meant for a joke that when I would run into people that I hadn't seen in a long time, that I had this like social anxiety thing of, well, they're going to expect me to be, funny or they're going to expect me to be something that I might not necessarily be or feel in that moment. And I was talking about that with Daniel and he was like, you're actually wrong because your social media is so all over the place that I don't think people will know what to expect from (laughs) you at all. (laughs) Because he's like, because one day you'll post something about like a really earnest thing about like, please come see my friend Daniel Zetrick's show at Darling Grenadine. And then the next day it'll be like, you know, something that has nothing to do with anything. Would you be comfortable sharing? Can you think of something that you posted that he was like, you should take that down? (laughs) I don't know if I can think of anything off the top of my head, but we posted some. Also, he lives in L.A. and whenever he's in town, he's like very heavily involved in what I post and is often featured in a lot of my mm-hmm. videos. And um, so we had, oh, I guess it was maybe October. He was in town and he and my boyfriend Drew and I went apple picking and we decided to take like, it's just so rude what I'm about to say. I'm probably going to, whatever, it doesn't matter. We we wanted to take like a lot of basic. I'm using air quotation marks here. Uh-huh. Basic photos and and post them like a day at the apple orchard mm-hmm. through the eyes of how a lot of people use social media. Which doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means they're like people who are more comfortable with sincerity than we are or yeah. something. So we posted a series of like things that we thought were funny but s- seemed at first glance very sincere. And then I started getting really uncomfortable with it, and we took them all down. Because I felt like it wasn't being properly received or something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I do know this what This is you a mean. pretty big tangent off of that. Yeah. But Jeff, my husband, yeah. has twice now triggered major like social media wrong impressions with posts that make it seem very much like we're having a baby. Oh my gosh, really? Which he thinks are like, this is so obvious that it's a joke. That we're safe yeah. and we are not. Yeah, oh my gosh. But tone, tone gets misread tone. so often yeah. on social media, online, Especially anywhere. when you do think about, like you were saying, like the people who are your social media friends who you actually maybe never see and have no idea what your tone is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I've, I've ta- <laughs> I have sort of like a mantra on Facebook these days, which is life is weird. Send a smile. Okay, okay thanks. thanks. I love that. Which <laughs> sort of like came out of uh, like, it just sort of like came about organically and it just seemed to like fit yes where i was in my life it's i mean it, i i think it'll fit where i am for the rest of my life yeah but, why not um it is funny the way that like people i don't see very often now interact with me because like i i i was um 
in the halls at NYU doing a reading and um you were doing a reading in the halls yes exactly. not in the rehearsal room no, I, we, we were, I was I was on a break in the okay, hall gotcha. and there was another reading going on down the hall and a, a girl I had done a reading with like five years before was in that reading and we encountered each other's in the in each other in the halls and um I hadn't seen her in those like five intervening years and the first thing she said when she saw me was, oh, hey, life is weird. How? <laughs> um, as if it were my name. Like, hey. as if, like, I'm the life is weird guy. Which, wow. like, was very, very odd for me. And Did so, you like it? I mean, like, in the sense that, like, social media is about branding. Yeah. I guess it's like, well, at least I have a brand. Mission accomplished, I guess. That, your that was never calendar. the, the yeah. mission. Yeah. Oh, and the family yeah. feud calendar. That, too. That's, um, I mean, when you do something frequently enough. Yeah. Yeah. But that was never the mission for me to create a brand. It was just sort of like where I was in my life. Um, and so I do think a lot about like how these things are being received. Well, because your intention is so clear to you, obviously. Exactly. I mean, that sounds so silly to say, but I know how I'm what I mean when I put these things out there. But I but there is, I think, clearly the more prominent part of me is OK with the idea of people being like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Because obviously I keep doing it. So <laughs> I think I kind of I kind of like that. I yeah. kind of like that. And, and Daniel, again, sorry to keep bringing him up, but he said this a lot over the summer when we were doing his show because I was playing, I was like playing sort of a leading lady-ish role that was written for me. So it wasn't like your traditional ingenue. You know, it's she's more of a real human being than most, but... He said, it's just really funny to think about people coming to see this show, like older people in, in Chester, Connecticut, being like, wow, that she has a lovely voice. I'm going to look her up online and then find <laughs> a, like a barrage of <laughs> yeah. maybe vaguely offensive things. Ooh, can I share something? Yeah. yeah. So I wrote that the Christmas, I wrote this Christmas song about Donald Trump right before he was inaugurated and... And I guess I have a now I have a couple of like Don, of Donald Trump songs, Donald Trump inspired songs. <laughs> and when we were at Goodspeed doing this show, I got um, a message from someone on my website, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Maybe somebody saw the show." And it said, "You know, read Darling Grenadine," and I was like, excited to read it. And it, I saved it. I ha I don't know where it is now, but it was like, I saw the show last week. Lovely voice, wonderful performance. I I I. You said in your bio that you're making an album. I wanted to hear what your album would sound like. And I went to your website and found your very disturbing videos about our, in all caps, our president. I suggest I suggest sticking to the song and dance and leaving politics behind. It, and he was like, you just lost. I would have bought your album, but you just lost a fan or something. And I was like, whoa. First of all, whoa. So aggressive. And And I wrote him back and I said, Bob. his name was Bob I was like dear Bob thank you so much for coming to Darling Grenadine take care <laughs> Emily Walton. like I didn't even didn't yeah. I was proud of and, and yeah. I sort of thought I wanted him to write back and like start a fight with me but but he didn't but this is sort <laughs> of this is sort of to my point about um it's it's different but it's sort of to my point about your um social media your the videos you make which uh, you started to say like you know there's sort of a di maybe a disconnect between what you're doing on stage and mm -hmm. what you're putting out like as your own personal and have you ever have you ever like considered that like uh, I mean like you've said like 
you enjoy. Is this an intervention? Are you trying? No, because <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed with the videos, I'm and glad. I don't ever want you to stop. I don't think. But I I'm will. just personally super curious about about how actors use social media. Like I, yeah. I remember hearing um, someone who was starring in a Broadway show, like the producers, like firmly suggested that she create a Twitter account because she didn't have one, yeah. and it was like a a big part of their like plan for like rolling out their publicity and advertising was like getting. Um, so sh- the getting the actors involved to you know do certain Create things on social media yeah that stresses me out a lot yeah. i think i think part of the reason i've sort of been able to fly under the not fly under the radar but do the things that i do so f- consistently and frequently is because i'm not doing like i'm sure if i were in some fancy broadway show somebody some powerful man would be like you can't make those videos anymore oh i don't you know. know do you th- I, I hope mean, not well i guess depending on what it is i think about it's it's funny to start to try to analyze what people are posting that because they want to be posting it and what they're posting because somebody's telling them to. Yeah. I know a couple people who are doing Mean Girls yeah. and mm. there's a lot of Mean Girls related stuff happening mm-hmm. and I'm just curious as to how much of that is encouraged by the producers or whoever. Yeah. And how much is genuine? It's hard to know. I mean, I've definitely been encouraged to like um, create social media posts about like um, concerts I've mm-hmm. done. Yeah, you know? me too. Me too. That I'm fine with that. Yeah, because we all want people to come to the concerts we do. You know, it's not like. But I don't know. I think I also have sort of taken it, not taken it a step further, but I on my website, which is to me, if if I were to refer anybody who's wanting to work with me or curious about me, I would refer them to my website because that mm-hmm. is like yeah. There's there's actual stuff on there. I al- but I also have some weird things, and I have a section called Tiny Hat World, which is just pictures of me in tiny hats because I <laughs> love tiny hats. And somebody recently brought that up and was like, "What's the deal with?" Ti-? It felt like they were criticizing it, and I was like, "You know what? If somebody wants to work with me and they go to my website and they're so turned off and confused by the Tiny Hat World, then I don't want to work with them." Yeah, I feel that. You know what I mean? I was just I I um. I'm about to do a, a play and I was asked to send in oh. my bio. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't want to list all of the readings I've done. Like I just it's not no one no one cares about the readings I've done. And so I like made some like cheeky um, Facebook post being like, Hey, is it considered acceptable to like describe the r- most recent jigsaw puzzle I did in my bio? I love that. And um some Jeremy Yada yeah. wrote, um, yeah, that's way better than like listing the reading you did in 2011. People want to know that you're a real person. And I was like, I took that to heart. I was like, yeah, like, and if people don't want to know I'm a real person, then like, I don't want to know them. Exactly. I struggle with that because I feel that impulse so strongly. And I I personally always prefer seeing the things where someone is a real person and seeing the tiny hats. But I feel like (laughs) sometimes I get the feedback that I'm, undercutting my credibility Mm -hmm. and that it's so hard to be taken seriously that I can't afford to be (laughs) flippant yeah which I hate I mean but but does it have to be flippant like does does doing what we're talking about have or are you saying it's being perceived as flippant yes it's being perceived as flippant yeah I mean that makes me think of two things which are that one is I am trying to in making some of these videos or I don't even know if I can call them like characters but things that i oh, keep revisiting um, doga with well so that's a character well i think it's a character but it feels there's something that feels like 
gross about referring to I don't know you know what I mean wait contextualize okay so well how do I say <laughs> I don't want to refer to her as a character it feels weird why okay this this person I don't know it feels like I'm giving myself too much credit or something like I'm, I'm well deeming I'm myself gonna call a it a character so you can just say <laughs> in Sam's words this character okay <laughs> Sam calls this thing I do a character but Basically, somebody who does yoga tutorials, and, and of, among others. In my mind, it could be a, just an, an ongoing thing where she wants to teach people how to do things. There's something so... I know I'm not at all the first person to say this, but the tutorial culture mm-hmm. is mind-blowing to yeah. me. It's crazy. But so, just people who think they have a lot to offer but don't. And so, I was doing a show in Denver last year, and I was bored during the days <laughs> before the performances at night and I kind of just started I'd had this idea for a while and I started making these videos and I people seemed to enjoy them enough people and I'm sure I also for every three people that liked it there were like 15 who were like I am not following this person anymore <gasps> but I know there's something about whenever I do the character as Sam calls it <laughs> I like I just feel so good I just uh-huh. it makes me feel good and I think I really there's something about her and it that I really like and connect to. Um, but I, I want to, I'm trying to actually, like I, I, I submitted something for Antfest, which I'm sure I won't get into, but that would be that character in a completely different context. Oh, wow. What but a I, dream. I, for me, it would be a dream, but. I would come see that show. You would? I hope I it don't think be I'll cool. be in town for Anfest this year. Where are you going? Wait, what play are you doing? San Diego. You're going to San Diego? Yeah, Julia and I are doing The Loneliest Girl in the World. You guys? Yeah. A production? A production yeah. in That's San so Diego exciting. In, in May and June. That's so exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Who's directing it? Same guy, Matt. Same guy, Matt Morrow. Matt Morrow. He's That's wonderful. very, very cool. Yeah. I want to go to San Diego. Yeah, come yeah, hang come out. <laughs> come hang out. Let's come hang for a couple hours you can and then meet fly my, back. my nieces. Wait, they're in San Di- they're in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Is that, that is perfect? Yeah. But I thought, but you're from Sam. You're from. San I'm Francisco. from San Francisco. My brother moved to San That's Diego. That's right. I always sort of forget that. Yeah. Clearly, and I forget that you were a, mi- a math minor, <laughs> a terrible friend. <laughs> Did you forget that my middle name is Walton too? No, I will never forget <laughs> that. And I just don't understand why you told me that like four years into our friendship. <laughs> well, because like it's not in the t- in the front of my mind. So like, I know that's what you it, said. It occurred to like, me at one point when we weren't in a room together. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I should tell her that. But then when I see you, I'm not going to be like, oh, by the way. I guess you're right. Also, the fact only gets funner and funner the closer you guys are. That's true. Like, it's not a fun <laughs> fact at all if you're just like strangers with a similar name. That's true. Yeah, but like we're probably like distantly related. I or bet not we so are. Distantly. Yeah, maybe we're. We should do one of those. Um, Twenty-three and me. Yeah, or like uh, the show where they oh, trace back. Oh, paternity lineage. tests. Yeah. That's no, not you know, what you're like, talking um, about. That show where like, like yeah, Meryl Streep got told where she came from. Yeah, Ma- where they, they're always crying. <laughs> Something like that. Meryl Streep, you came from like somebody who made you a really good actor, and mm. you've won a million Oscars. Um, I would like to do that. I would like to do one of the. Um, 23 why do i keep saying 23 in me i feel yeah, like that's that's one of the, yeah um, where they DNA do your genome it's a dna test yeah. i would like have you guys done that i haven't i feel scared about it why i don't think i would react well to learning that there's something really bad lurking oh but why does what do you mean what's what would be bad i mean i don't know what sort of latent genetic problems 
could be there. Oh, but that I don't think it says, I don't think it tells you like genetic, um, like a disposition to like diseases. It just tells you like your lineage. Oh, like, that's all? Like, or yeah, that's you would think it would be, because of the name, you would think it was that. Maybe it when is. I, when I hear from people, it's like, oh, I found out that I'm like 95% like Northern European and 5%. Um, Italian or whatever. You that's know, something like, and dark that's lurking in there. Maybe uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm Italian. Ma- maybe I'm Italian. Um, maybe uh, there's other stuff that like isn't as easy yeah. to post on social media. <laughs> but that's what I've <laughs> that's what I've encountered. Interesting. Yeah, I'd be curious about. I'd be. Cu- but I know what you're saying. I don't. I don't know about that stuff. Finding out what you are maybe prone to or yeah. Ugh. Yeah, there's something terrible about that. Let's not talk about it Yes, let's not not even think about it anymore. Let's instead talk about Darling Grenadine. Okay. Darling Grenadine. (laughs) Look at your face. With that really good transition. I'm very excited to talk about it. (laughs) I'm excited too. I wish I could have seen it at good speed. I wish that too, but I feel, I hope there will be another opportunity. I'm not saying this in like a cryptic way. There is (laughs) none. But I hope one day soon. I hope so. In like 2021 or something, which is not that far away. No. But it feels far away. It sure does. It just takes a long time for things to happen, huh, guys? That yeah. w- that's the next presidential administration. Oh, yeah, wow. That's yeah. A, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. <sighs> so Hopefully. close yet so far. <laughs> Don't even. Uh. Um, but so, so that so part. You yeah. No, go for it. Written for you, created by for you by someone who knows you very well. Yes. Do you, how much of that was you feeling like, like, did you sort of have input into it or did it just sort of spring up from the fact that he knew you as well as he did he's i think his initial reason for wanting to write it was because at least this is what he has said in interviews and to other people um is that we we've been singing together for a lot since the beginning of our friendship and we've now been friends for like 11 11 years um so he wanted to write something that combined our our voices and something for our voices and for our shared sense of humor is how Mm -hmm. he sort of phrased it and so it 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 basically we did a we did a concert of a few songs from the show before he he had even really written the show like he had the idea in his mind but there wasn't a script there just were there was there was a handful of songs and Kristen Hange who ended up directing most of the iterations of this um saw the concert and then sought him out and said, the songs were so great, I'd like to direct the show. And he said, there isn't a show. (laughs) And she said, well, why don't you write it and we'll do a reading in May of this year. So he wrote it. So basically, he had known that he was going to be creating a role for me and a role for himself, ultimately, too. Um, But I didn't have any input when it first was being written. But when I read the first draft of it, I was like, uh, I have definitely said that. I've said those <laughs> words. I've made that joke, which is so cool. I mean, and the first time we read it out loud, I remember feeling like it's never been this easy to say words on a, on a page before because huh. it's just, it's written in my, like, the way I speak. And it was really very cool. And, but as it's progressed, and now we've been working on it for th- about three years, I definitely have a lot of input I, I I I just he's he's in a great way really open to all of my ideas and suggestions and he knows that it's been it's been a bit of a a bumpy road because we're because we're such good friends and because I sometimes we have differing opinions it's like it's a tricky territory to navigate because I I've just never been that I've never been this involved 
in the creative process. So yes, now I definitely have input, but it, initially, no, I didn't. But it's 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 cool. I I actually have been. I I don't know if he'll listen. I've been wanting to ask him about being given some sort of a. I don't know if creative consultant is a title that mm. is often used, but I feel like that's what I am to this show, and yeah. I want to be. I want that to be known <laughs> <laughs> because it, I'm not. You know. Yeah. I've at this point, it's like so many, so many ideas have been bounced off bounced off of me, which I love. Yeah. And I just want to, you know. Yeah. I so, want to be a so part of that. So how many, um, you were involved in all, all of the development. How many stages of, of that were there before Goodspeed? Should I just list them? Is that weird and boring? Um, yeah. No, it's very <laughs> fascinating to <laughs> List me. them, but, you know, try, try, to, try to make I it think spice the, it up. I think the <laughs> ideal audience somehow. for this podcast is me. Okay, so. great, <laughs> great. I do, there is a part of me that's like, oh, God, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about, like, the business, but that's why we're here. Yeah. And it's okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we all know that we're, we're good people. It. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, we did that concert. Then we did a reading in LA, which was just like a two. We rehearsed for a week and then did a one night presentation mm -hmm. at this place called Rockwell in LA. Oh yeah, you know Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool place, but it felt more like it's more it's a more it's more of a concert venue, I think, mm -hmm. than like right. A, it, it it was a staged reading, but it felt just more like a concert. Then. The next thing was we recorded a few demos that fall, and then we did a two-week workshop at the O'Neill in 2016. Right? Is that right? Yes. Yes. And then 2017, so people from Goodspeed saw it at the O'Neill and sought Daniel out to do a production, and then that happened in 2017, and then we did NAMT right. in oct this past October, and then in January we did a reading with Roundabout Underground. Oh, that's awesome. Which was oh, really wow. cool, really cool, and a definite step in a new direction for the show um which was very exciting so okay so so now that i realize you've done or i guess i knew that but you've done you've done development and then a production and then mm -hmm. more development yes so i guess what i'm what yeah. I, I that leads me to two questions great um the first of which is did you find was there anything that surprised you about because i mean full disclosure like i'm about to do a production of a show that i've been yeah. doing development of for Years. almost five years now or four yeah. about four, four years now that's so crazy because we that's sort of when we met like yeah. this was one of the first things we did together the, actually that's when, that's when the met? three of us all met that's when or, or you two had i knew other, you but, but that's i didn't know when you. i met both of you I'm <laughs> they don't they can't see me pointing <laughs> <laughs> i knew julia i didn't know sam but so like i'm uh and this is the first time that i've done all all of these stages of development with a piece and actually now um progressing to a full production mm -hmm. so what i'm just selfishly, I'm really curious, like, was there anything that surprised you about doing the production, having done, having gone through all of that development? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, it's really, ex I think, first of all, it's very exciting that that's happening because it feels like that's the logical, well, that's definitely the logical next step. That's God's plan for a musical. That is God's plan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all God's plan, so. <laughs> um, this is a religious podcast, right? <laughs> Yes. Okay, cool. It's a math and religion <laughs> podcast. Um, I don't know. It's tricky to answer because my my immediate feeling about the production had a lot to do with um, feeling really ready to do a production, but not feeling entirely prepared. Um, oh, how so? There wasn't enough time, and I think 
You mean for rehearsal? Yeah, that yeah. we only had three weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's changed even a lot since August and September of this past year. But it's a big, it's a big show. It's a, it's a, two, like almost two and a half hour long two act musical with a lot of, uh, well, really just a lot of stuff to figure out more than just the technical aspects and getting something up on the stage. What I was, what I felt was really lacking was for me personally was an emphasis on like the dramaturgy of you know and mm. and the and the story and so i i was surprised by how despite how well i knew the show and the material and had daniel as a source of information when i was in you know questioning things i felt really scared i felt really um like i didn't have much of a foundation underneath me which is not <laughs> you i don't think you're going to feel that way cuz also <laughs> You've been working on this show for long, a lot longer than, right? I about mean, it's four scary years though now. to hear you say the things about like a lot of material. I know. Like, to act almost two and a half hours. But that's music. Complicated questions of tone. <laughs> but like, that should be. It's ex- it's also the exciting stuff. Yeah. When you ha- how much time how much time do you guys have for the rehearsal process? We have about a month. That's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're gonna be good. <laughs> I do, but I mean, I like, yeah, I, 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 don't mean, I don't mean to make this all about me. I'm, I'm curious to hear about no, your I experience. Know. You're so selfish, and I'm so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess there's also the trick of every time I've worked on this now. So Daniel is no longer in the show and hasn't been since that very first reading. Okay. So every time we've done it, I've played. There's been a new man playing opposite mm. me. That's Which, sort of like me and Anita. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. See, so is, some, is there going to be someone new for this? It's go round? we did Do you this know yet? the last the last um, reading we did. It's going to be the same woman. Okay, cool. Yeah. So and she's wonderful. Great. Yeah, it's so there's been a bit of a. I'm sure you will relate to what I'm about to say, which is that it's a weird th- thing to want to want to do the material justice and show that you know what you're doing and have. You can't pretend to not know a song when you know a song. <laughs> right. But you also don't want to make the person you're playing opposite feel like they have to play catch up or feel uncomfortable mm. or ill prepared or something. So there was also an element of that going, this amazing guy, Brian Fenkart, who played opposite me at Goodspeed, was brand new to the show. And and I know I'm talking so much about the show being a big show, but th- his role is truly on stage the entire time. It's It's... It's just a really demanding part in every possible way you could imagine. And to see him, it it was not a challenge because he was so great to work with, but I wanted him to know that I was there for him. And we spent a lot of nights after rehearsal just like sitting by ourselves talking through things because mm-hmm. there wasn't enough time. Mm-hmm. So we built in, it felt sort of like what I imagine college would have been if had I not dropped out of like mm-hmm. let's meet up for for and we'll drink some whiskey and talk about scene study uh-huh. <laughs> that's sort of what we did um and you guys were rehearsing up in at Bed Goodspeed yeah yeah Goodspeed. so did it feel like like you were had this like summer camp-esque environment it did where, yeah it did and it was really fun for the first couple of weeks and then I think the stress of the imminence of the product it started to set it and everyone was like oh fuck we're <laughs> not ready for this uh. But the show grew a lot over the, I think the run was only three and a half weeks or something. It was pretty short, pretty short process for the new shows there. But, um, 
So then that's the second part of my question is having done a production and now going back into development, like, was there anything that surprised you about that? Post the production? Well, so I'll, I'm going to talk about the roundabout one because it was so recent yeah. and felt like, like I said, a step in a new direction because have you been to the roundabout underground space, the black box yeah. theater? Yeah. It's, t- it's really tiny. Mm-hmm. I had not been there. And so when they came to Daniel and expressed interest, he wasn't he- hesitant at all because he was just excited that a theater in New York was interested in the show. But it's it's always sort of li- the show has always sort of lived in this world between it could either be a big Broadway musical or a really small. Somebody c- that saw the show at Goodspeed referred to it as a kitchen sink musical, mm. which I kind of loved because it it tells you that it's a really intimate story at heart with this sort of sweeping musical aspect which is is a rare thing i don't really i can't really think of many other musicals that do that so he, he's never really known which way he wants wanted to lean mm-hmm. and so when because of the space being as small as it is his his goal for this reading was to cut he cut two of the ensemble characters so instead of it being a seven person show it's now a five person show oh. not not maybe forever but for this pursuing this path um so that was nerve-wracking and sort of scary for him, for sure, but also for me. But then once we did it, and also somebody new directed this reading. So that was, it was just it felt like sort of a brand new start, um, which was very exciting. And, and I think I was in a sort of weird place with the show coming off of Goodspeed and through NAMPT. NAMPT is just a weird... Yeah, it's a hard thing to do. <laughs> I think for everybody involved, I yeah. imagine the yeah. writers, the you know, no one is, no one feels great about what it is. It just happens so fast. It's so fast. And it's really intense. And the time constraint is so bizarre. And yeah, and there's just a lot of pressure on on that occasion. Yeah, there I is. mean, it is exciting. Like I feel like yes. the times I've done NAMS, I've end up feeling feeling really fulfilled and like we rose to this challenge yeah but it's 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 stressful getting there it is it's that's maybe when like by the time you get to that second showing it's like we did it yeah we totally did it yeah but because i feel like with named it is so since if anyone's listening who doesn't know what named is yeah but the idea that is you know it's just this like one 45 minute slice that is tasked with like conveying the idea like the true essence of what your thing is or not doing that. And it feels to me sometimes so binary that either yeah. you'll succeed and give a taste of it or it'll just be like 45 minutes gone and you've done nothing. Well, that's Ooh. the pressure. I mean, that's crazy. But yeah, I felt like after that I needed, I either felt like I needed a little break from the show or I needed something to breathe new life into it for me. And this last reading did. That's so good. It was really great. Um, and also exciting to be, not that that, space will be the, where we end up doing it I hope that it will because that would be so cool and they never do musicals so it would be a really interesting they, thing they ordinary days with a ordinary days yeah. right but they haven't done one since correct yeah. what year was that it was when I was in college I think oh, it really? was like 2007 or Seven? 8 that sounds right wow it's been so it's I been feel 10 like years. it must have been 8 because I, I don't think I was still in grad school oh, okay did you see it I did you did I did yeah. too you both saw it I should have seen it yeah I remember it was when I was still tweeting <laughs> and it was when I would still tweet about like there was shows Twitter that I in two thousand eight. Um, maybe oh God, I didn't. But I didn't join Twitter until two thousand nine. So maybe it was um, in two thousand nine. Okay. Maybe it was my first year in the city. Okay, 
because I joined Twitter like as I was graduating college in wow. 2009. You were ahead of the curve. I didn't join. No, Twitter. I really wasn't. I think you were. I was bad at it anyway. <laughs> and I'm I would always post things like, oh, just saw this and it was amazing. And I remember I posted about ordinary days and I was like, everyone should see this. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then ended up like having a very fruitful collaboration it with Adam Guan over the years. Yeah, wow. that's pretty just, cool. Like, yeah, it was cool. I was like looking back over like all my old dumb tweets and he then saw I saw that tweets. and I was like, Aww. oh. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Sweet tweet. A friend who just, I'm always, because I don't tweet so I don't understand like the dynamics of the world perfectly. <laughs> and it strikes me as some like so bold. So you guys know the band The Mountain Goats. Yeah. yeah, and my friend, they're his very favorite band. He loves John Darnell, and sometimes he'll like tweet at them or respond to them yeah. and just chat with them because I guess in Twitter that's just like a thing you can do. And he recently like the Mountain Goats followed him back. Oh my gosh! And it was yeah, thrilling, like, huge. That's a huge moment. <laughs> Bill Nye, the science guy, follows <gasps> Drew because wow. two, it must have been like three years ago or something. Drew and I were just sitting around our apartment one morning and. Talking about Ed Begley Jr., I feel like we had just watched a Mighty... Maybe he's not even in A Mighty Wind. We were watching one of those Christopher Guest movies. And we were talking about Ed Begley Jr. And somehow I said Egg, egg Bagel Jr. <laughs> and it made us both laugh a lot. And so Drew quickly like went on to Photoshop and just got a picture... Got, like, took Ed Begley's headshot put and wrote Egg Bagel Jr. And tweeted it. And, and tagged him or whatever you do you t on Twitter. And uh -huh. then... It, then Ed Begley retweeted it, and then Drew got all these new followers. And I was like, God damn it, I should have tweeted it. Because <laughs> I wanted people to know that it was a collaboration. You should get creator credit. You should talk creative to the consultant about that. I'm always the creative consultant. Always <laughs> the creative consultant. Never the bride. Never the bagel. <laughs> never the bagel. I'm never the bagel. But um, can I just say one thing about Twitter while we're on the subject? Oh, yeah. please. And then I'll go back. But I was looking through my Twitter because it's now... There was a period of time where I was trying to tweet all the time, trying to just tweet a joke every day or something, which mm -hmm. is so stupid. To think That's about. the way I would approach it, I like sort of systematically. Just trying to be like, but not a routine joke. It. I was just trying to like tweet be every day, but it would be huh. like, New York is beautiful today, and it's like no one cares. <laughs> That's sweet though, but <laughs> yeah, but it's like I like couldn't come up with anything interesting to say. But that's. This and that's why I stopped going on Twitter. And isn't the that the thing problem that I get media? paralyzed by is the idea that like, like if I know it's you and you're saying that New York is beautiful today, I'll feel like, oh, I love Sam yeah. and it is beautiful today. Yeah. But I, I worry about myself that if I was going to try to do it, that it wouldn't be like properly representative of like me. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's the whole issue. That's what we were talking about before. You know your intention. Right. Yeah. But it's so easily misconstrued. And I think social media in general is just a way for us all to, not to criticize anyone who participates in social media, but for us all to feel sort of maybe what a celebrity might feel. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the f having followers, having people. Yeah. It's just such a strange time. It's such a strange way. It's to have to think about yourself and your life, to choose how to represent it, if you, if you so choose, on a daily basis in that way. Yeah. That's bizarre yeah but think about celeb i mean that's what celebrities do they have to be so they, they have publicists they have yeah. people who are i mean celebrities have had to have a brand i think for a very long time yeah. i don't know it's it's a weird i think about world. it a lot in terms of like i was thinking about it recently after one of these award shows when it felt like everyone i knew posted on facebook and twitter like at least 20 times throughout mm -hmm. the course yeah. of a three-hour award show. Yeah. 
And I was thinking, I like, was one of those people. Where, yeah, and like, Sorry. Th- no, that's a thing. And it's like <laughs> we've all like collectively decided to like live tweet these uh-huh. these events that we're all sort of collectively watching at once. Yeah. Um, in a way that like we never could before social media because you you could only like say these quippy things to the people you're watching it with. Right. And then I was thinking like was there an audience like like wh- where did was this is this feeling a need that people had or is it just like people are rising to the occasion of now that they're able to do it they're just doing it or like did people always want to be this like like I want everyone to hear my funny joke or is it just like oh, everyone can hear my funny joke, so why don't I post it there? You know what I mean? It kind of scares me that we don't know the answer to that <laughs> question. Yeah. That freaks me out. But I was thinking about that because I was like, before Twitter, what was there? And I was like, I guess like the water cooler at work? Like, you <laughs> like, like the actual water cooler? Like the yeah. next day after the award show, yeah. you gather on a break right. with your coworkers and you talk about it. That's right. And I think like, that's true. But I, I don't know. My, my thing is like, I read um, Sarah Rule's book of essays. I'm about to talk about this. And she talks about, um, she calls it the age of experience versus the age of commentary. And she was saying like, she was at an award show and during the like, you know, the breaks they had to do for commercials for the airing on TV, like she thought like it would feel like this like community experience, but actually everyone was just on their phones, like tweeting about what was happening and like putting these like things out into the universe and talking about what was happening and like that and balance with like these people live tweeting these events or like uh, I think about like Sound of Music, how people were like, like hate tweeting it, like hate watching mm-hmm. it, like, like just saying having these opinions before a thing has actually finished. Mm -hmm. Like I think about like at the water cooler, (laughs) you don't get to make a comment until you've watched the whole thing. Yeah. You know, but like now we are like tasked with commenting on that thing that just happened. And if we don't post it within five minutes of it happening, we've missed our window. We might as well not bring it up. But so we like, we say these things really fast and we form these opinions incredibly quickly before the thing itself has the chance to show you everything that it wants to be well and that's true of pretty much everything i mean forget awards shows but that's true of anything that happens in the world yeah, i mean like there's breaking news like a- anything we have opinions before we know all the facts just like God, oh can we just wait one second yeah before everyone chimes in and it's yeah it's 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 makes me feel depressed is what it does mm. and i don't know what the answer is but i like you talking about a water cooler i'm like god i would love to just go back to those simpler times i love the Not idea that i ever that, went like, to a water cooler it feels but. like it's it's so much more challenging to create um to create something now because people are like picking it apart along the way yes. instead of like like it used to be that you got to show them everything you made before anyone got to weigh in. And now it's like <laughs> they have this like gigantic platform to say things before like they could say something like, I hate this. Like this show is like like for, a you know, a, just an example, like this show is representing gay people really poorly and stereotypically. But maybe by the end of the episode, the goal of the creators was like to flip that and like show something at first that like maybe isn't like wonderful and like by the end of the experience you know the goal is to like um subvert that or whatever and um it feels like now people will like post on social media like this is offensive before they're able to even take in the the entirety of the thing i I guess that is sort of a nice thing about live theater like still you don't usually see people in a broadway house live tweeting Tweeting just watched the first scene of blah 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 (laughs) although there probably are some assholes who do do that but 
Yeah. It's not as common. Or at least at intermission. Yeah. But yeah, People. that that is one amazing thing about live theater is that like yeah. you get to show them the whole experience before they have the opportunity to comment. Unless you take an intermission and then you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> <laughs> But all theater should be 90 minutes. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I that's another question I have is when did uh, do you guys like one act shows? Do you like seeing one act shows? I do like seeing Me one too. act shows. I do too, but I also like for example, like Giant, which played at the I public, it was about it. 3 hours long, but out of town i guess it was about four hours long and i felt like i wanted to see that version because it felt like that show bore that amount of time and i felt like the three-hour version shortchanged it i what i really want to see is like a show take the amount of time that it needs well Mm -hmm. but that's i mean again to bring it back to darling grenadine that's a that's and i'm sure you felt you have probably felt this too pressure to tighten shorten yeah Mm. and daniel it's it's funny because at the same time as our show, they were doing Oklahoma on the main stage, and I went and saw it, and that was almost three hours long. Yeah. Wow. And it's everyone's just okay with it because it's Oklahoma, and uh-huh. I'm like, also, by the way, Oklahoma is a, <laughs> this is a ridiculous show. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just stop doing those shows? Like, I don't know. I, I I had a weird moment watching that show, but why is it okay for that show to be nearly three hours long? And and meanwhile, yeah. Daniel is writing something that is completely new, an idea that sprung from his brain, and yet he feels... It's just, it's a shame. I like to say to Sam that, like, every material has an inherent correct length, and it's yeah, just a matter I of like finding that. it. Yeah. I like that idea, too. I don't know if a lot of um, uh, producers um, feel that way, though. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. But I think... I also just like that in terms of the way I look at the world. It's helpful to think, oh, yeah, everything has a length that it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah, It is true. I believe that. And on one hand, I feel like with our stuff, we are, you know, like some shows more than other. I'm like, I feel ruthless about it's so painful to think about people sitting in the audience being like, I'm bored to like save us from that. But on the other hand, I absolutely hate cutting like gordon is much better about being surgical if a number is not working taking it out whereas i feel like if i like the song like the good song should be in i know it's so hard and that should be enough yeah it's hard and there are so many opinions and there's so much more to it than just the art of it which is a shame but i guess what makes things happen and but i feel like in a way it is sort of like the cutting and the timing, that, that feels is like an art. the art. That, no, you're right. It is. Not that I, I don't know from experience as a writer, but I watch. Even on so many processes, yeah. Yeah, and like with this one in particular being so closely involved, seeing seeing that in action. And it is, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting to the right length, but also getting to like what is at the heart of this? What are we trying to say yeah. or do? Yeah. Yeah, we felt that, I feel like. Really strongly with the loneliest girl, the show that we're going yeah. to do in San Diego, <laughs> with because it's since it's Anita Bryant's life, there's yeah. so much biography that you know has been in at some point because it's a thing that happened to her that feels important. Yeah, but then wasn't doing much for the story we ended up telling. Well, and do you find that it's after a while it's helpful to get new? I mean, new eyes on something because you've you've been inside of it yeah. for so long that yeah, yeah, it's got to, not that you can just or should trust anyone who throws their opinion at you. But I think that was part of what I liked about this latest reading is that it was a new person. Uh, the director was brand new to it. And he, he, I feel like he sort of cracked it open in a way, which was uh, very cool. 
and so exciting. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about the shags? Yay. <laughs> yeah, sure. I just want, oh, I don't I have a specific know. question. I just like want to hear all about it. Oh, I loved that show so much. <laughs> so I did I. So I was trying to remember. <sighs> I don't know if you'll remember. What? If when I saw that show, if I already knew you personally. No. I didn't. I didn't know you guys till Pregnancy Pact. Yeah. But that was, and that was 2011. Year. 2011. Okay. The shags was like June, May, June <gasps> of 2011. So it was just before. It was just before. But I remember, yeah, Gordon... And Gordon had had like a, a bootleg audio <gasps> recording. Of the I show. listened to that bootleg still. That's the bootleg I listen to more than any really? other bootleg. I love. Oh, I love that. He so sent much. it to me at some point. Where is that? Or he gave me a. I think he gave me a printed copy oh. of it. That is so cool and sweet. Um, that show was so special to me and still is. Like I, I actually just said to Drew the other day that I can't believe, looking back on that. I mean, it. We're now. I feel like I'm now at the age where I'm just looking back on things in my twenties, being like, wow. That was that long ago, huh. but I was only 23 when we did that show. And to think about now, I'm like, I thought I was such a cool woman, and I, <laughs> I mean, I, whatever. But you were a cool. I woman. was a cool girl. I was a cool girl. <laughs> but I, I don't know. That was the first. That was the first production I've done that felt like something major artistically to yes. me like <laughs> it was I feel like I look back on there's there I've, I've been lucky enough to have even just a handful or three things that I productions of things that I look back on and go like oh that was special that was something that I just felt so connected with and I think part of it was knowing that that show had been sort of kicking around for a long time and Huh. And f- and feeling like I had not had to jump through ho- hoops to get involved, but that they there had been a lot of girls before me huh. playing that role, and feeling like oh my god, I've I've been bestowed this great honor. And um, the director John Langs was just so smart and cool, and I just I feel like he, it was the it was the first time I felt like a real actor. Mm-hmm. I think in re- like the rehearsal process felt sort of endless in a the most positive way it felt like every day was so mm-hmm. full of discovery i mean it, it, so, it was so I'm cool curious. there's like to, to me that show like so much of it is about this like super special super distinct weirdness i'm curious how much of that was sort of like analytically created like choices about accents or choices about even like songs that were going to be in there and how much just sort of like organically came if that makes any sense it does make sense and I feel like because I was so late to the game and the right I mean they had been working on that show for eight years or something at that point so I think I think all of the choices as far as musically and I think those had all been made um and yeah I remember somebody saying to me before we started rehearsal, like get ready t- for this score, and I was like, okay, like <laughs> what do you even? And then hearing because it, being it's like, perfect. Ooh. Well, it it is, but they were saying, just I didn't realize how many different sort of genres of music, different styles of singing, how much close harmony we'd have to do the three of us. I had no idea. The only song I knew was the song I had to sing for the audition, and mm. which is one of the more straightforward ones. Yeah, it's totally. I mean, it's a beautiful speaking. song, and I love it. But it is. It's pretty. It's catchy. It's it's like hummable you know so yeah I wasn't really quite prepared for that but no and and the accents I think that had been a part of their their vision of the show for a long time and um we had a dialect coach and everything and but though sometimes I listen to the CD and I'm like we're from different parts of New Hampshire (laughs) (laughs) but it was I don't know 
it was just that was another example of something some of these people had been working on it for years but they did a really good job of not ever being like well when we did it before it was like this and the girl who did it this time was you know it felt I felt like I was being given the opportunity to discover things for myself and create the part create the part for myself and for the show for that production um and it just makes me happy that you guys want to talk about it because it's so long ago now but it still feels so present in my brain and and I know you know it's seven years later now almost but I still run into people in the business actors and other people who are like oh my god the shags it's stuck it's stuck with people yeah Yeah. and it did not do well critics did not like it and I think it's sort of Although, I mean, maybe a couple did, but... I'm so bad about reading reviews. No, no, don't, don't. It's so silly, too. But unfortunately, they have such bearing on... Like, we didn't... Project. Yeah, yeah, like, we didn't... I think we could have gotten extended, but we didn't even get extended. And <gasps> it... Because Charles Isherwood didn't... Honestly, I think it's just that he didn't get it. Like, his review was not even a review. It was sort of just a weird, poorly written synopsis of the show. <laughs> it was not... <laughs> I don't yeah, I mean, know. It definitely had its own style. Yeah. Which wasn't for everyone. No. But that's that is a tricky thing when like you want to create a piece of art or not you, but <laughs> the people who wrote the show. I'm wanna, a creative consultant. I'm wanna, not the <laughs> artist. Yeah. <laughs> want to create a piece of art that speaks to what you know their their aesthetic, and just a critic who may not understand that its aesthetic has all this power over. Well, right, yeah. and I think that show. I think I knew it at the time too, but now that I can hold it up against so many other new musicals that come and go, it's like, oh yeah, that was pretty bold. It was, it's pretty cool that that kind of show and that show in particular got to be on an off-Broadway stage in New York. That's pretty cool. And it was definitely not for everyone, but I'm, I don't think I realized at the time how exciting it was to get to be a part of something that distinct, that, that true, that true to itself. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was a, I, I loved the show and I knew that it was special, but I don't think I fully realized how how bold it was, how alienating it was for some and how the opposite of that it was for a lot of yeah. other people. Huh. Um, and and also just the story, I mean, the real, the story of those girls and that um, Dot and Betty Wigan came to our opening <gasps> night. Wow. So really? Like, yeah, they were there and we got what to meet them. What did they think? I think they liked it. I mean, they'd known about the show for years because they had to give their approval mm-hmm. I think for them to be able to write the story but they were very shy and didn't have a lot to say but yeah. they were sweet and it was kind of surreal and now when I hear the if, if I ever hear the shag's actual music it I can't it it like it makes me feel anxious because huh. I think because I project onto it the stuff that I know about their upbringing and what was actually going on behind behind that yeah. music it's hard to li- it's hard to listen to it's phenomenally bizarre that music it's yeah like I feel like you've got to even if you take the point of view which maybe is correct that they sort of they stumbled into making something that sounds so singular regardless of how they got there the right. fact that it sounds so unlike anything else nothing else yeah. but just how funny it is that like Frank Zappa decided that they were better than the Beatles. <laughs> and then suddenly now, you know, they became a sort of cult. So it's so, so it's odd. It's so funny. I'm just thinking about what you said about it being meaningful to some people and alienating to others and how like Razor's Edge, that is sort of of the same phenomenon between alienation and 
connection when something is so so weird it can push you one of two ways it can I mean I feel like that's true of so many things and also true of the shags music like their actual music so it feels appropriate that the show would have been it feels like sort of mission accomplished that the show wasn't just a a bubblegum sort of it wouldn't have been right but there were people who criticized people who loved the shags who didn't like that the music didn't sound like the Shags' music, mm-hmm. huh? Which I just feel like, what, what are we going to have, two how, hours? How of could anyone else make that, though? I don't think they could. I don't think so either. Although, for the album, Jamie and Sarah, who played Dot and, uh, and Betty, they couldn't use the actual... There, there was a segment in the show where we did the, the recording montage. Right. Where yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we played... Which I thought was so smart. The I gimmick loved that it. It would go from the sound... Sa- the, the, they deal with it not by like whitewashing it or whatever, but saying this is what it sounds like in their heads. Yeah, this is how he's hearing them, like how their dad is perceiving it versus the reality of it. And I thought that, yeah, I thought that was such a cool s- segment of the show. But for to have that on the album, they couldn't use the actual Shag's mm. recording. So Jamie and Sarah basically just they recreated <sighs> it with guitarist and a drummer. And <sighs> it sounds, it's kind of eerie how uncanny it is. It came up on my on my shuffle the other day, and I was like, that's freaky. I mean, Jamie had been doing it. She was one of the actors who had been working on it since the very beginning. So she just, like, knew. It's it's just locked in uh-huh. there. But, yeah. It sort of reminds me of the thing you were saying earlier about if you've, you know, if you've listened to songs in the same order enough time yeah. that you can say what key it is. Once you've listened to those shag songs, <laughs> you can sort of. You yeah. can. You sort of can weirdly sing along. Oh, I freaking love that show. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys saw it, and I'm so glad you liked it. Oh, I'm so glad I it. saw it, too. Yeah, I wish more had... Where'd it go? It's nowhere. It's just I'm nowhere I'm glad now. you guys got a cast album. Yeah. Me, too. It's there, So, it is, it is. That's a very, very cool thing. So, well, I, I mean, I love hearing from you that, like, The Shags was this, like, like um, one of a very few selection of shows that, like, have meant that much to you. And I'm curious, like, I, well, I don't know, because I, I think about this all the time. Like, do you have, like, goals in mind for, like, your career in terms of, like, the types of projects you want to work on? Or do you feel like you don't have that kind of agency at all and you're just, like, doing whatever? Like, how do you, how do you like, think about, like, the future of your career? I think that I'm having, you're catching me in a moment of, really asking myself that question just at this time in my life and sort of I don't feel like I currently have the agency to make those choices but I I want to Mm -hmm. I I mean I think some a manager that I was talking to once said that the the only power you have as an actor is the power to say no and I feel like that really stuck with me because you you it's just ingrained in us to say yes to any opportunity that comes our way. So, and as scary and painful as it can be sometimes to say no to things, I'm starting to really listen to, I have an instinct about every opportunity that comes my way and Mm -hmm. I have to just start listening to that. And so I think coming off of doing Darling Grenadine and, and knowing what that meant to me and what something like the Shags meant to me artistically and intellectually and that yeah new and what I've worked on with you guys I mean like only what we've worked on together is new stuff it's it's that's really what I think there was a time where I felt like oh yes of course I I will want to go play 
I'm keep I'm gonna keep bringing up Oklahoma for no reason. I don't <laughs> know why. But like, of course I'm gonna go play Edoani in Oklahoma. I don't want to go play Edoani in Oklahoma. So why should I do that? And so I'm starting to. That also involves distancing myself from what, like my parent, because you know my parents are actors, are slash war actors, and what they what they came up doing is so different from what I'm doing, I think. And they, they're like traditional sort of song and dance people. And that's not diminishing any of their talents because, or, or any of their accomplishments because they were able to raise two kids and being like, as being working actors. And that's kind of amazing, I that's think. But, amazing. but my dad says like, he, my dad just did his first play and he's 57 years old. So wow. the fact that I've gotten to do like plays and musicals, that is really cool and I want to keep I want to keep on that path and I also want to write a lot more than I have I want writing to become a much bigger part of my artistic output and trying to figure out what that means I don't know it feels I feel like I'm at a weird sort of I'm on the precipice of something maybe shifting but I'm not scared I'm excited about it I feel like I feel more I feel like I'm 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 approaching the place of having more autonomy and being and just being okay to say I don't want to I don't want that I want to do this. Nice. But who knows if that'll <laughs> who knows <laughs> if that's true? I think it will. I hope. I think but you then got a good head on your shoulders. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but I also um think sometimes about just going back to school and becoming a therapist. That's another uh, thing I'm thinking about. I think about becoming an accountant. Well, you and math. Every day. You do? Uh, every day. You guys, I don't like it when the really good actors talk about not being actors anymore. Well, it's, this makes well, me sad. I, I and said afraid. this once, but like the, um, you know how like when um, actors like who are have just had their like huge big break and they're being interviewed and they're they always say like yeah like literally the day before right. I thought about quitting the business and then I got the call and it's like that's because we think about quitting the business every, every day. day. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say you're trying to put that out there like if I just say that I want to be an accountant maybe. <laughs> oh, I'm no, I mean, it's a true day. thing. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering if tomorrow will be. I just feel. We don't have to, this can be the end. No, this is not a good way to go out, what I'm about to say. I'm just about to say that my brother, my younger brother is now an actor. And it's just, I feel like I'm surrounded by unhappy people that I love. I love, uh, that's not the right way to phrase that. <laughs> I'm surrounded by people who are trying to pursue careers as actors. And seeing in them things that I have often felt, which include lack of self-worth and general just unhappiness and I don't like that for myself and I don't like that for the people I care about so yeah. there's just I'm I'm in a I'm in a phase of like this business is hard and I don't want to spend my whole life at the whim at, at other people's beck and call yeah. I just can't I can't do that and I hope that my 26 year old brother can't do that I just I want I just want more for yeah. everyone I I don't know. Well, can I ask you, so like when you are going sort of through these ups and downs, like do you have a philosophy or like a game plan of like getting through these moments or is it just sort of taking it as it comes? I think it's taking it as it comes. Yeah. Though I was hoping you would have an answer. Yeah. So oh, um, it, I'll email it to you later okay, and <laughs> nobody else gets to hear it. <laughs> no, I mean the fall, this right after Goodspeed, I was in a, in a down, down phase and probably like the lowest just the, the the least busy I'd been in a long time and then and also the saddest and I was like oh this can't be <laughs> this has to be more than a coincidence and 
so I think for me, it's just trying to, ah, it used to be trying to keep busy, but I think that's sort of a diversion tactic. So I don't think that that is necessarily the answer. I think it's what you're saying, like looking for more agency and like feeling, feeling more like your own actions have it, have um, something to do with the direction of your career. And also feeling like not every move you make has to be in one certain direction, in, in an upward direction. Mm. It, mm-hmm. You can just do a lot of stuff and hope that at some point everything coalesces in, yeah. in a beautiful way. As long as yeah. it's all stuff you want to be doing. Yeah. yeah. And and even if the stuff you want to be doing isn't, doesn't have to do with the, the industry you're choosing to be in. Because like I think, yeah. Like making Instagram videos. Sure, yeah. To tie it all <laughs> full circle. Really full circle. Mm. <laughs> okay, is that... But I mean, wh- like, as you said, like, you're interested in expanding this character of the Because it makes um, me feel happy. Tutorial, but like, that yeah. was something that, you know, wasn't a part of your pursuing a career. But no. now it's like informing yeah. a, a thing you want to do in your career. Right. It's a, it's just the kind of it, it like excites me in a way yeah. that these things are exciting. And, and it's not like, oh, I should do that for my career. It's no. like came out of something you wanted to do. And now it's like this boon in your life. And I think. I'm going to say, I'm going to do one more quote, okay? That sounds really silly. <laughs> Eyebrow raise. <laughs> it sounds silly to say, but Sean Palmer, who is a wonderful actor, and I love him very much, he said, I was talking to him in Denver about my brother and worrying about him. And side note, my brother is totally great and fine and is like a really good actor, and I'm sure he's going to be fine. But I just, I worry because I'm his big sister and yeah. I worry. And just trying to figure out what it is that, what path we each want to be on. And, and, and Sean was like, the thing is about anything in life and specifically about the business because that's what we're discussing the answer is there like you have the answer you just need to like tune everything else out and listen to it which is what i was saying about things coming your way that you you have you know if you want to do it or not you know we know these things but we just have to give ourselves a minute to to listen i yeah, don't know and give ourselves credit for our for our instincts for instincts yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they often prove themselves to be true for us. Yeah. At least I think they do. Me too. Cool. I like your instincts. I like yours too. (laughs) Hey, girl. I like your instincts. Hey, thanks. (laughs) Emily, this has been a delight. You were a delight. Thank you You for doing our podcast. I'm so excited. This is my first podcast. 